This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to the Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here for the Church Boys, and I'm here with Chris Field, and we have Shanti and Craig back on the show. And it, it's so funny, we don't we don't usually have people come back so soon after you were just on the show, but you really obviously um, struck positive nerves with most people and, and some negative nerves with, with other people on the topic of pornography and men and the wiring of their brains. And um, as you know, for the listeners of the show here at the Church Boys, um, Shanti and Craig, put out a book through a man's eyes and we talked quite a bit about this we did a pretty big story on it and, and a huge reaction from that so welcome back to the show Shanti and Craig great to be with you again so <laughs> thanks for having us back no problem and so we thought we thought we would dive in on a number of fronts and i guess let me just throw the first question out what was the overall reaction to um, and not just your pod, I mean, your podcast interview with us, definitely, but also the book. And you know, what are you hearing from people so far? Um, you know, honestly, I think the response generally has been really, really positive. It's it is overwhelmingly been slapped the forehead, you know, women going, wow, I didn't I didn't realize this about my about my husband or my boyfriend or my son. Um, and this will help. But then you always get that, you know, 10% that get really upset. And I get it. I'm a woman. I get it. <laughs> well, I think the one thing that struck me, and I, and I actually, the piece that you put out, um, and when we publish this podcast tomorrow, your piece will, will have been out there responding to some of the comments and the critics. And, and one of the things was the brain wiring. It really seemed to upset a couple of people in talking about men. And I'm just going to read a little piece of what one person said. They said, if attraction is just chemical or wired, then what, then what is wrong with a child molester? It's how God made him, right? No, in the end, it's sin. So how do you, I know you gave a response to that. How do you respond to that? That's a pretty extreme sort of and, example. And, to throw and can, I, can I jump in here real quickly, Billy? For those who didn't hear the the podcast or those who did, we addressed this very topic the last time we spoke about, about, you know, choice and wired and that sort of thing. And, and I would like, I, I want to throw in before they get into the, the criticism that received, I would apologize for, for the re for the treatment you might've received for some people, but I'm frankly not sorry. Um, and then I would be, I'd be offensive and a liar. So I'll just stick with offensive. But uh, anyway, so thanks for coming on, and and we do want to deal with these questions because there were some there were some legitimate questions. So that first one that Billy posed, I think, is really good. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know yeah, it's, I mean, it's an extreme thing to bring up child you know child molestation, but I do think it gives you guys a chance to to reiterate where you stand. So go go ahead. Yeah, let me just say this: Shanti and I were in Arizona last week speaking at a church, and the passage that we used was the whole David and Bathsheba, and you know, David goes up on a roof, sees this lady, she, you know, she's bathing. And it was at that moment that we kind of stopped while we were reading the passage, and we said, okay, so here's the decision. Well, one, like, he he could have made a lot of other decisions than being on the roof, you know, staring at this girl in the first place. But just because he was tempted didn't mean, you know, he still had that choice. And so, gosh, when you go to an extreme case to say, well, the, what about then, you know, child molester or this or that? Like, we're not okaying any of this 
just because we said the male brain's wired differently. You know, David had a choice at that moment. He made a bad one. He sent his guards to say, hey, go get that woman, bring her up, and he slept with her. And, and then he made a series of other bad choices after that. And so what, what we're trying to say in the book is, like, let's back way up and understand this. And so people can have this understanding of, gosh, men are wired differently. And and I think what Shanti kind of explained the whole wiring of the brain, I mean, it's fascinating stuff that helps you put this in perspective. It doesn't give you a free pass. Yeah, and I think, and I think that that is sort of the interesting piece of that. People get sort of hung up on, oh, I know one of the big things that was was thrown at, at you guys was this claim of, um, you know, victim blaming that, you know, th- this creates rape culture. And, you know, I'm always, I'm always intrigued and surprised by those sorts of responses. We've done stories in the past. We had a woman who did this viral blog post about not wearing yoga pants. And Chris and I did a bunch <laughs> of segments on this, how she chose to stop wearing them. And it was uh, a similar reaction of people saying, well, you're, you know, you're victim blaming and all that. What was your initial response when you started seeing some of those comments? Well, I can only speak for me. Um, I've been seeing those kinds of comments come across my email and my website and, you know, pretty much every radio program that I'm on. Um, there's, some, you know, it's a small number, but they happen. And it's, it's people being understandably upset because they're misunderstanding what we're saying, because they think that we're saying that, you know, so it's her fault, right? Like she's wearing this, and so he couldn't, you're saying he couldn't control himself. It's just another way of blaming a rape victim. And, and of course, that's not what we're saying at all. We're saying the opposite. We're talking about the male wiring and talking about the choice that he has to make However, we're also saying very, very clearly and, and without apology that for too long we as women have misunderstood something that is confronting men every single day. You know, you guys as guys are out there in this culture seeing images that honestly are seen every day in public that were only supposed to be in private and your brains are being stimulated often without your consent. Like, you don't want to have that stimulation from someone other than your wife. And so that's something that for too long women really haven't understood. It doesn't excuse wrong choices. But if honorable men want to be honorable and they're trying to respect women like we want them to, then it goes both ways. Then we women have to say thank you and make that easier on him by respecting him back Right. by what we choose to wear. Yeah, it, it, it would seem to me like if you're and, a female, you, you would want to help understand how do I help males make better choices? And the way that I help, uh, the way I help others make better choices is to understand the choice they're having to make, right? Well, let me, let me just be clear. It's, it's his choice to make. Right. Right, he can make the right choice or the wrong choice regardless of what I as a woman am wearing or, you know, the beautiful 20-year-old college student is wearing, right? The guy can make the right choice regardless. But what I'm really specifically saying is if we want men to respect us and we want to say the men who are doing the right thing, who are being honorable by trying to respect that beautiful 20-year-old college student and trying to respect their wife by looking away and taking those thoughts captive and tearing those thoughts down, which they have to do every day, if we want them to do that, 
then let's say thank you and appreciate them rather than insulting them and calling them part of our rape culture because they're visually stimulated. And as, you know, the next step, then that also means it's not really a matter of helping them as much as a matter of respecting them and not making that constant choice more difficult. Well, when I I, I, I should say when, when I say when I say helping, I don't mean like general women in society with general men in society. I'm talking like my wife helps me uh, helps my wife understand me and help me make right choices because we're yeah. we are one. And helping my son down the road, when, you know, he's only four now, but helping him to make the right choices as he grows. I, I think the people you have significant influence over helping them to make right choices. I think we have a responsibility for that. Yeah, I would say this though too, and and. And I mean, it's such a sensitive topic. Right. And, you know, Shanti, I, I, I made sure it got in the book. It was fun to have Shanti say it at church a couple of weeks ago. Then she gets on a plane and leaves. So I'm in the lobby and <laughs> I didn't tell Shanti this, but like two people tracked me down looking for her. And I was like, oh, well, what can I help you with? And, and we made this comment in church, Shanti made it, and that said, hey, so women one of the ways you can help your husband is to give him those visual you know, images of you. So in those intimate moments, you know, having sex, like maybe have the lights on. And that, that was something that as we were writing the book, you know, I, I had said, Hey, it took me like five years of my marriage for, for that to happen. And, and, and I get it. I get like the sensitive nature of that, you know, and, and I think in the book, we also talk about, Hey, if there's, you know, whether it's flannel pajamas versus Victoria's Secret kind of stuff. But so that could all seem fine and dandy. But when this woman's tracking Shanti down at the edges of the service is saying, hey, be careful, you know, with, with those kind of comments. And I'm going, well, what do you mean by be careful? And, and I get I mean, she didn't say this. Both women didn't say this, but there's issues for women that they're dealing with yeah. when you say, oh, Victoria's Secret, they immediately go, I don't look like that. Right. And you say, turn the lights on, and it's like, well, I have these flaws, I have these things that I'm uncomfortable with. So now we're talking about men, and what we're trying to say is, hey, most men that I talk to, they, they don't expect you to look like that or care about any of the flaws. Or they just they want to see you. But now you're getting into something very uncomfortable for a woman that's going, I, I'm not ready for that. And I don't want to do that. So, you know, one person actually said to me, and this is the person looking for Shanti afterwards saying, I mean, I think, I think this could lead to abuse when you say stuff like that. And, you know, when I'm not on, when I'm I'm uncomfortable for me to have to do, and and she goes down this whole rabbit trail. I'm like, look, we're not recommending abuse. We're saying, Hey, the lights could go on because men are visual. And I know it's, like, like, so taking a, something that sounds so simple as yeah. turning the lights on, that I, when I remember writing that, I'm going, this is a no-brainer. And you hear the depth of, of, of kind, just the level of, of depth that that brings up in people's relationships and the pushback and the fear. And that's what we're hitting on in this book, where it's, you're reading this as a woman, but this is not just about the men. This is about, Hey, how you can understand this better. And this, I don't know. I mean, I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen it now in the lobby of churches where people are just going, and this is, this is a lot that I don't know if I'm ready for. And I'm going, 
Well, we yeah, don't. Well, we, we don't like each other. Get ready for this. But we don't like. We. I mean, we. We don't like things that make us uncomfortable, and we see it definitely in churches. We have certain re- expectations of rules that we have to follow, and things we can or can't say. And then when we get uncomfortable or challenged, we pack up our things. Yeah, very common. And and by the way, this is the first time I'm hearing that story. I shared you on a plane. Wait, but I'm, can we? I'm, I'm defending you for not recommending abuse. Can we I'm really something? sorry, Craig. Can we address what? something else before before I forget? And I think this is really important. Are you both yeah. pro burka? I mean, this is a this is a key <laughs> question that I I have to ask you based on some of your critics. Are you pro burka? Uh, like how many people? I can probably count uh. on your website how many people said that in uh. the in the comment string. Because I can't remember how many comments there are, a thousand-something comments or whatever, but there had to have been dozens that said that. And no, of course not. And this is, again, this is what Craig was just relaying, is this idea of you say one thing and people are emotional about it, so they take it to that nth degree. And, And really, all we're saying is that for a woman, if you're trying to mutually respect men in return and not make that constant choice more difficult, not add to that challenge, then understand what it is that will trigger that visual stimulation in his brain that he doesn't want from someone other than his wife. Understand what does that and avoid it. And there's plenty of stuff that, you know, you can be beautiful, you can be attractive, you can wear the latest fashions, but, you know, if you've got a low-cut top, put a candy under it. Or, you know, if you've got a shirt that you kind of recognize as too really kind of clingy and you've got a good figure, then put, I don't know, put a jacket over it. Like, there's, if, you're, if you really want the yoga pants, fine. Just wear a longer T-shirt. Like, there's, there's ways of, of managing life and being responsible adults without going the, yes, you want us to be covered from head to toe route. Hmm. Do you think yeah, and I also yeah, I would I would agree exactly with what Shanti's saying, but I think there's also when we talk about our kids. Uh, I mean, my daughter just finished four days at something called booty camp, which is a dance, you know, intensive. And my wife and I, it was we were just joking about what you know. It was called booty camp for a reason. Every every girl and these my daughter's ten. So when girls six to fifteen that are in this and dance clothes in general aren't you know they don't cover up that much but to see girls as young as six to you know the older kids that are 14 15 that are wearing nothing in this dance kind of environment and that's just kind of normal now it's just okay yeah this is what we wear to dance and it's just going whether that's your dance class whether that's the beach whether that's going to you know your workout clothes or whether that's going to work i feel like just to be aware that if you know, gosh, how visual men are, why are we dressing our, our kids in, in next to nothing and sending them out to, to school or sending them out to this, you know, to this class? And just being aware of that without, yeah, I'm not saying you have to be covered head to toe, but I'm going, I think we're living on the whole other extreme here with what what is acceptable and what is, what is okay today. Well, and it seems it seems to me like, the people who who have these 
these issues, it seems to me like you could very quickly diffuse the argument to say, do you have a teenage, would you let her out of the house dressed in some of these? I mean, that's a common thing you see on sitcoms on television. Hollywood recognizes, I'm not going to let my 16, 17 year old daughter walk out the door dressed like that. Dad says, go around and change, go upstairs and change. Mom says, go upstairs and change. And that is a normal, common response. And why is that response? Because we are know there are men out there that are going to react certain ways, and some of them will make bad choices, and some of them won't. Well, I was just going to say, aren't you guys also facing sort of an uphill battle on this? Because you know what we're talking about really right now, and what you just mentioned, Chris, you mentioned the depictions in Hollywood of people of you know parents on TV shows saying go upstairs and change that. But really, Hollywood, yeah. in, I think, is sort of part of the problem here in yep. that the normalization um, of really just provocative, provocative things, which continues. I know, Craig, I interviewed you, I think, last year about Fifty Shades of Grey or earlier this year about it. You know, we sort of live in this world where it's all being normalized. And so saying what is best for people and sort of the normal thing becomes bizarre in people's eyes because they're so desensitized to it. You know, what? how do parents, I guess, and not just parents, but how do we all, because I think we talk a lot about kids, but we don't always talk about adults and how they're affected. How do we sort of protect ourselves and our kids from this sort of dynamic in, in Hollywood and media? Well, it's, it's interesting. If you don't mind, if I jump in on that one, um, one of the the things that was closest to my heart when we were writing the book, and it's interesting, we didn't get a single pushback that I recognized, that I saw. We could have missed one, but I don't think we got any pushback about how you help your sons navigate this culture. Like all of the angry comments were talking about men, and there was no mom who was angry about what we're saying about how to help your son, because there's a different heart issue when you start looking at that and you see these young boys who are growing up in a really difficult sexualized culture and every mom wants her son to grow up to be honorable. I mean, like what mom wants her son to grow up to be a porn addict, for example, nobody. And so to, to walk that back, you have to start really early. And and I think I told the story on the podcast. I realized I had to start when my son was four, right? And so what does that look like? And how do you have those kinds of conversations with with your boy when he's pretty young about guarding his eyes? You know, just like you say there's something inappropriate or scary, like, okay, don't watch that. It's going to scare you. You're going to have nightmares. You have to start pretty early at those kinds of same ages for, okay, how do you be honorable with where you look and what you're thinking? And you can't avoid all those sites. But again, it's about the choices. So how do you make the good choices? And what do you think about instead? And I was just talking to a a teenage boy um, not that long ago who was saying that, you know, one of the tricks that he's learned is every time he sees, you know, he's at school and the girl in the real short shorts bends over to pick up something she dropped. And he wants to look. But he's tried since he was younger to to be honorable about that. And so every time he sees a site that he'd automatically want to just consume that image, consume that site, he forces himself to just really quickly look away so that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't really tempt his thoughts to go in the direction that he knows his thoughts would want to go. And I loved hearing that kind of story because it shows it is possible. It's just so many, so many kids haven't gotten that kind of guidance. Yeah, that's that's huge. And, and then what do we do? What do we what do we also do? You know, when when, when I look at, I mean, I got a son that's gonna be well, both Shantae and I, you know, seventh grader. And, um, 
when I look at what the kids, you know, especially girls their age are posting on Instagram, mm-hmm. it's, it, I just kind of go, well, hey, do parents not follow their kids? Do parents not understand this? And, you know, there's a girl that uh, my son had, had told me about, and I went, and I noticed she had like 1,700 Instagram followers. And I thought, wow, is she an actress? Is she popular? No, no, she's a normal girl from the school. And when I went there, this this girl posts every photo as a selfie. And once again, we're living in a world with Kim Kardashian posting 19 selfies in 24 hours. Right. And they're all shot either with the camera above her looking down or top i mean this is this is what kids are 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 kind of seeing not as role models but i mean this is the examples put before them show something racy show skin show cleavage show yeah you know yourself close up in front of a mirror and get a lot of likes and get a lot of attention right and so what what we're saying in the book i feel like everyone already knows this because i mean our society is selling cheeseburgers with sex. We're we're getting likes from these girls' photos because of this. And yet we're just saying, hey, let's do something about this instead of feed into that. And, and so I, I think if you have a daughter and you're not aware of what she's doing or what she's posting and you're watching, you, you know, what she changes into after she leaves the house, like that's a conversation you have to have to say, hey, like, great you got is that really great you got 500 likes on that photo where you're in your bra right i mean this is to me that this is devastating stuff yeah well and it also it leads to i mean if we if you don't mind if we kind of throw gasoline on a flame for a minute (laughs) i apologize in advance that's okay i mean those teenage girls who haven't been given that kind of guidance who haven't really understood that there's a reason for this. It's not just about her. It's about him and trying to honor him too and help him honor you. If you haven't been given that guidance, those are the ones that grow up to say like one of the comments that was on your site that said, it's not my job to control your male urges for you. And there's nothing wrong with my body. And I'm not going to feel ashamed for wearing short shorts. Right. So that I don't tempt some man who can't control himself. And, you know, that's one of the, this promote rape, promotes rape culture kind of remarks. And that's a, it's understandable. Look, I'm a woman. I get it. You know, I remember what it was like when people would tell me that when I was in my teens and twenties and roll my eyes and go, really, you know, you gotta be kidding me. And it wasn't until I started doing this research with about how men think that I realized, no, wait, the honorable men, are the ones who are asking, can we, can we please sort of have this mutual respect in how we dress? Because it's the ones who don't care. It's kind of the jerks of the world who are completely fine with looking at the short shorts and letting their thoughts go wherever their thoughts want to go. And that's what I think a lot of girls and young women just don't quite get. Yeah. And, and our culture is telling people, Dress how you want and look at the pictures that you want. As long as you don't hurt anybody, right? I can do what I want, when I want, wherever I want, with whom yeah, I want, as true. long as I, as long yeah. as I don't hurt anybody. And that's what our culture tells people. And there's something about that to the the American system of law, which is a different different argument. But I'm leading a small group, and we're looking at the Book of Judges. And the end of the Book of Judges says everybody did what was right in his own eyes, and there mm-hmm. was no king of Israel. 
I mean, the, the people were scattered. The people, they're morally scattered. They had no ruler. The king was supposed to be God. They didn't have a king, and they weren't doing what was right. So when Boy, we do, that describes today so well, doesn't yeah. it? And when Everybody we do, does so, what's right in their own eyes. Right, and so we look at like the example of that young boy who has to avert his eyes when the girl in the short shorts bends over to pick something up, right? You know, someone else in culture, uh, culture today would say, well, oh, it doesn't hurt anybody if you look. Well, the fact is it hurts him, right? And it hurts interpersonal relationship. It doesn't, it isn't healthy. There is a spiritual aspect to your life. Whether you want to admit it or not, there is something else there that maybe you can't see. That's me being a church boy. Well, yeah. listen, and this is, I mean, this is what Craig obviously spends a huge portion of his days working on right. with people who have let their thoughts go in those directions and who have said, oh, it's harmless, it's not hurting anybody. And then, you know, a few months later, they've started looking at things on the Internet, they've looked at harder core things on the Internet, and then suddenly they feel kind of trapped. Yeah. And they would never have wanted to be trapped. If you would have told them, you know, it starts over here and you're going to find yourself over there, they would have laughed at right. you right? because yep. it's not hurting anybody. No, and then suddenly, yeah. no, wait, it is. And now it's not only hurting me, it's hurting my marriage. And, and frankly, I mean, come on, if we're talking about trying to honor and respect women, it's not the most respectful thing of women either. And if yep. we're trying to raise young men to be gentlemen, which I hope everybody is. Right, right, this right, is, right. This is one of those things that's really important to instill young, right? Right, yeah. And I've heard Andy Stanley say, I heard him preach about this, top, something similar, and, and he said, we, we spend our lives telling God or others, I won't do this, I won't be respectful of other people, I won't dress appropriately, I won't do this, I won't do that, I won't look at, I won't follow your rules about not looking at those kinds of pictures, and eventually your won't becomes can't. Like, I can't get out of this now. I can't Ooh. get out of this on my own. You know, I always, I always tell my kids can't means won't like, I can't do this means that means you won't do it. But eventually there's a, there's another side to that it means if you keep saying, I won't do this, eventually you won't be able to do it. So anyway, no, it's good. Anyway, well, thank you guys for being on here. And, and again, we're excited about the, um, uh, about the reaction people are having to your book, even the negative reaction, because it's an opportunity for dialogue and a chance for people to understand to further understand what it is you really mean, because the people who come out and ask the nasty, make the nasty statements or ask the questions with hard hearts. Okay. So the great, they're asking, they, they might not be swayed by your answers to those questions, but somebody else who might have similar questions, but doesn't come at it with the, with the wrong attitude might be swayed, might understand, Oh, that's what they mean. And I appreciate the spirit that you all have had the entire time throughout all of this, that you don't react in kind, that you return evil with you, you return evil with blessing. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And it's, it's very much what, you know, what Peter calls us to do and, and other, and other folks. So anyway, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for being on the show with us. And I, I hope to have you back again sometime, you know, if the controversy continues, boy, let's keep hammering, <laughs> let's keep hammering it. Right. I'm, I'm sure it will. And hey, would you mind if I just made one point about that part? Absolutely. Thing that you mentioned? Because honestly, this is, I know where Craig and I spend a lot of our time speaking at churches. Mm -hmm. I know this is a church boys podcast. Right. And I would just, if you don't mind, just me talking for two seconds to the folks who are really wrestling with this and are still kind of standing here with their arms folded and irritated yeah. at everything we've been talking about. You know, we're, we're not perfect. There's ways we could say things differently. But I would just encourage anyone who's still kind of offended at this 
don't talk to us about it. Talk to God about it. Like, yeah. ask him, is there something about this that I'm missing? Yeah. And say, you know, ask God, change my mind and change my heart if I am. Or if they're just full of hot air and Craig or Sha- and Shanti are wrong, you know, show me that too. Right. But I really think when you ask God to change your heart and give him permission to do that, right. and you're honest about it, I think he will. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a reason that the Holy Spirit is here, right? And he, he works in ways that we cannot possibly see or comprehend. And he loves to confound the wise. And that's the best part, you know? So. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, I, Craig is a pastor. We spend a lot of our time in churches. And there are so many pastors yeah. that really want the people in their congregation to understand this. Because it's, it's a difficult environment even in church today. And it shouldn't be that way. Exactly. And, and, and again, thank you guys for being on and what you're doing and the fight that you're fighting and um, the stands that you're taking. And we're just so appreciative of it. And I, I know that it's going to change lives uh, for the positive. And so anyway, come back anytime. Anytime you want to come on, let us know and, and we'll get you on. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks guys. Good. All right. Appreciate Thanks. It. Talk to you later. Bye bye.